bridge Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about farts, monkeys, costumes, raccoons, dogs, Aruba, and bras. The music for the show I recorded on the streets of Aruba. Let's get on with the show. This male flight attendant was telling me the story that they found a purse in the lavatory. So he made a PA and he said, ladies and gentlemen, we found a black lady's purse in the lavatory. Uh, If you're missing your purse, please ring your flight attendant call button. Thank you very much. And uh, then he went about his business and passengers kept saying things to him and nobody was ringing their call bell. And uh, the passenger said to him, well, how do you know it's a black lady's purse? And he's like, what? He's like, the purse, how do you know it's a black lady's purse? And he was like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, I think there was some confusion about my PA. We found a purse in the lavatory. I don't know if it's a black lady's purse or a white lady's purse, but the color of the purse was black. So I said, we found a black lady's purse in the lavatory. Okay. These are some little stories all put together. Uh, I was working a flight and I'm passing out the headsets and eye shades in coach. You know, they're complimentary and uh, it's one of the things we get done on the ground. And you think you've heard it all, but you never have. So I was like, do you need a headset? And the guy said, are the headsets new or used? And I was like, oh, can you imagine if we're giving out used headsets in a pandemic? I don't think so. I was walking to the crew van to go to the layover and to go to the hotel. And this flight attendant was talking about who was on her next crew. And she's like, you know, you know, um, oh, what's her name? Oh, you know her. She's on my next crew. She's the one that guzzles the half and half. And I said, oh, you mean Mary? I love it when I can do that. It's a very diverse work group. And there is a flight attendant. She just drinks half and a half out of the carton. She just guzzles the half and half. So when she said, you know, the one that guzzles the half and half. And I'm like, I sure do. I was commuting to work. I was in my uniform sitting next to what seemed like a nice youngish Southern man. And uh, I was busy working on things. And um answering emails. Basically, I was working the whole flight. It's a short flight anyway. And now we land and we're on the ground. And he said, I have to ask you. I said, well, okay. And he goes, are you a flight attendant? And I was like, well, what was your first giveaway? The uniform, the ID, (laughs) the heels. And he goes, wow, I thought maybe it was costume day. And I was kind of like, oh. 
costume day on an airplane. <laughs> so he leaves and um, there was a pilot, another pilot going to work a row in front of me. And lots of times we'll wait, especially when we're in uniform, let the other people go because they're in a hurry, they've got connections to make. And so now the other guys left the plane and he said, the pilot said to me, did he say he thought maybe it was costume day? And I was like, yep. Yeah, I um, had a flight back in the 90s and I was, a, I was a new flight attendant. I came to work and I'd flown with a young lady and I believe, I believe her name was Candy Stone. And let me just tell you a little bit about Candy. <laughs> Candy was newly divorced. She was a new hire and she had a teenage daughter and she told me immediately that she was looking for a husband. She was looking in first class. She was also looking for uh, love in the cockpit. <laughs> so this particular day, Candy was the type, let me just tell you a little bit about Candy. Candy was the type that you could, you could never find her during the service. She was always in the cockpit. She always had the captain's hat on. She had her legs crossed. She had on five-inch stilettos and her everything skirt. Everything tight. Everything tight. And that skirt was, I tell you, it, it was so short that, I mean, it wasn't even finger length down her leg. She And she had that blouse that she unbuttoned to that last button where it was legal. And, and she she just wore everything well. And so one particular day, I'm, I'm coming up to first class, and, and there's a gentleman in 4B, and I stood there for a minute, and I, I heard him talking to Candy, and he says, hey, my ears are blocked. He said, hey, how do you stewardesses uh, get your ears uh, unblocked? My ears are really hurting. And so Candy, she had this wispy voice, and she said, sir, here at our airline and and candy kind of bent over and she put her her bottom part right in his face she said sir we grab our nose and we blow but when she blew guys she farted but she farted so loud that it scared the passenger it scared well I didn't know what she was doing I thought she was she was trying to show the gentleman how to fart in the aisle and I stood there in shock because I couldn't imagine her showing our million miler you know a, a, a fart like that and then she takes off running past me and she locks herself in the lavatory for the rest of the flight I had to add to that story just a little bit because some of you might not totally understand what she was talking about. There's the Valsalva method. They teach us in training and flight attendant school that if somebody's ears are blocked, you use your fingers to plug your nose and then blow. And then hopefully the air comes out your ears and unblocks your ears. Well, I guess... <laughs> Poor Candy Stone was trying to be sexy, and she was trying to say, well, we flight attendants, when we want to unblock our ears, she was like bending down, showing some cleavage, sticking her butt out, trying to look sexy, and she was just going to show the Valsalva method, which is you hold your nose and blow. <laughs> but I guess she blew a little too hard and went, Pfft. And he's like, that's what flight attendants do to unblock your ears? 
I was flying with this flight attendant, and she's told me stories how she was a bit of a partier growing up. And I don't know if you've noticed, but sometimes when um, the now parent was a wild child, they're the most strict parent. Have you noticed that? That happens sometimes. And now she's very religious. And now her son is a teenager. And she did not approve of the girl her son was dating. In her words, she said, my son's dating a hoe. And uh, she just did not approve. So she texted the young lady saying something about, uh, you're not good enough for my son or stop seeing my son. I don't know exactly what she said in the text. But they went to the police, the parents of the girl, the parents of the supposed hoe, <laughs> and they pressed charges. And she had to get a lawyer, and it cost her like $6,000 about this. Um, this was a, now a legal battle because she was being overprotective of her son, who she d didn't approve. But, you know, for a lot of mothers, nobody's good enough for their son, right? So now... She's at work in her uniform, and we have a couple of different services that we use. Known crew member, it's where you go through a um, screening process, and you get your, your fingerprints, and, you know, they make sure you don't have any type of criminal record. And so she's about to go through there. So this way you don't have to go through the same security all the time and take your shoes off and blah, 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 and the line's shorter. And she gets up there, and the TSA agent says... Um, your card isn't any good. She's like, what do you mean my card isn't any good? He said, well, there must be some sort of legal uh, problem that you're involved in. And she's like, oh, oh, well, you don't understand. My son's dating a hoe. <laughs> she said it to the TSA officer and he's probably thinking, okay. One of the problems for the pilots in the cockpit is the sun, and you have a lot of pilots that get skin cancer, so it's serious, and they used to use their charts. They put their charts up on the window to block the sun when they carried around their big suitcase full of charts. So now they have screens. Um, people have various things they do um, to block the problematic Son, but uh, this pilot was telling me when I was giving them a bathroom break, he was like, I was asking them because it looked like a different type of screen. He's like, yeah, they come out with this one. They don't, they don't stick. They have like suction cups. They don't stick that well. And he said, there's this one pilot in New York. He brings this special paper, kind of like a fancy paper that he puts up in the cockpit. And then he does a, on the front instrument panel, he does a charcuterie board. He's got like fruit and cheese and meats. <laughs> He's basically entertaining in the cockpit. I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind and you took the time, you took an extra second when you were going to buy something on Amazon. You went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, clicked through any of the links that supports the show. I like to see what people buy. And this month, somebody bought three pounds of mandarin clementine oranges, the best of Super Tramp. And this one I really liked. It's a sticker that says, uh, show yeah. Instead of hell yeah, it's show yeah. <laughs> I like that sticker. So if you're going to buy something on Amazon, consider going through my website, BettyInTheSky.com. And I thank you so very much. Show yeah! Probably I was flying for a month or so. Oh, wow. And uh, I was uh, escalated to A, and then I was uh, going... So you were in charge. Yeah, I was in charge. I was going from New York to uh, Fort Lauderdale. And uh, 
I was doing the service up in the front, asking what they wanted to, to drink and right. putting down the peanuts. And I had this uh, this nun with the service animal. Okay. And the service animal was a monkey. Oh. Oh. And uh, I, I, we're not supposed to ask right. what's the service animal for, right. and I didn't, you know. But I was, I thought it was kind of funny to, you right. know, to have Curious. a service animal. Yeah. So anyhow, I'm, I'm, I'm asking her what she likes to drink. She tells me what she likes to drink, and I take the bag of peanuts, I put it down, and there goes the monkey smacking my hand. And I'm like, the monkey smacked your hand? The monkey smacked my hand. <laughs> So I'm there, my eyes get this big, I'm dropping my mouth, and the nun goes, oh, I'm so sorry. She goes, I am so sorry. I should have told you. The monkey is the use of my hand. So if you give something to me, you have to give it to the monkey, and the monkey give it to me. <laughs> Poor me, you know, I'm like, it's not I am so sorry. I said, I didn't know that, you know. But it was a story of the old I got smacked by the monkey, but I got smacked by the monkey. That's it. So she was telling that story about the monkey. <laughs> so I had to tell her the story you've heard before, but we had an interesting twist to the end of it. Uh, I told the story about there was a service animal that was a monkey, and the passenger was blind. And so they had given the peanuts to the monkey, and later on she's doing her service, and then she notices that the monkey is sucking the salt off of the nuts before he gives it to his his master, his his person. So she didn't know what she should do. You know, she didn't know if she should say, um, Sir, are you aware that the monkey is sucking your nuts? <laughs> I took a little trip to Aruba. I'd never been there before. just went for a few days. It was a really nice trip. This isn't a plug. It's not a sponsor. But I don't know if you know. This is just a tip. I hadn't looked on Priceline in a long time because I never liked that you didn't know what hotel it would be and you'd end up with a really crappy hotel. But now they have this thing where they they give you a price and they say one of uh, a four-star hotel for say, $150. Um, but he said, then it says, he said, like Priceline's a guy. Yeah, Mr. Priceline says, <laughs> it says on the website, it will be one of these three hotels. So then you can look up those three hotels. And if you're good with all of them, and I was looking at a much crappier hotel for like $150 a night, uh, not very nice at all. Um, and these other hotels were like $300 a night. So they were 50% off. And it was like, well, I like that deal better. So I looked up all three hotels and I figured I'd get the crappiest of the three, the least expensive of the three, the one that was like 280. The other one was like 300. The other one was like 310. And I know, I'm sorry. We all, everything's relative. Some of you out there might be going $150 a night and other people uh, spend a lot more. Like I've, never spent $300 a night on a hotel. So I would not do that. <laughs> That's all, you know, it's all relative and things change. And I used to spend even less, but this, it's, I had never been to Aruba, partially because I feel like it's more expensive than a lot of the other Caribbean islands. But I was only going for a few days. And a lot of times now the flights are only once a week and I wasn't going to spend a week. So I was just looking for a place that I could go, uh, during the week that had a flight, that the flights were open. And so then I'm on Priceline. And I, so I, I go ahead and pull the trigger on the 
it will be one of these hotels. And I got the expensive one. I got the fancy one. It was great. <laughs> anyway, none of that was part of the story. One of the funny things that happened when I was in Aruba is uh, I got a new pickup line. I haven't heard a new one in a long time. I'm walking down the street. This youngish guy says to me, excuse me, are you Jewish? And I was like, no. Why? And he said, because you look like the chosen one. I was like, (laughs) this male flight attendant was telling me this story that he was working a flight back from Mumbai, Bombay, India. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been to India, but a lot of times the food doesn't agree with people. People get sick a lot. Um, It's India. It's kind of like the same thing happens in Mexico. So he's coming back on the flight and he's working the meal cart and um, he's in the middle. So like lots of times we have a beverage cart and a meal cart and you have somebody at the top of the beverage cart, somebody in the middle and then someone on the back of the meal cart. So he's stuck in between two carts. We call it that that's the, the ping pong position. I'm going to ping pong because sometimes you help on the beverage cart. Sometimes you help on the meal cart, whichever one is um getting slow. So he's in the middle, he's ping-ponging, and um, his stomach starts just expanding, and he's just trying to ignore it, but he feels like his stomach is starting to, like, blow up like a balloon, and he's like, oh, oh, well, he can't, you're in between two of me on a beverage cart, there's nowhere to go. You are stuck in the aisle with passengers, and his stomach is getting bigger and bigger, and he's just like, oh, this doesn't, I don't think this is going to be good. (laughs) He bends over to get a meal and he let out the biggest, loudest fart of his entire life in his uniform, in the aisle, and all the passengers are looking at him. He said it seemed like it was a minute. It was like the biggest, loudest fart. And he was like, he said to the girl in the beverage cart, because they're all looking at him and he can't go anywhere. He's like, move the cart, move the cart. You got to move the cart. So she moves the cart. He gets out. He gets up to first class and he's like, the other flight, he's like, you need to switch with me. I just, I just exploded a fart exploded out of me. An Indian food fart exploded out of me in the aisle. I can't go back there. You you need to go back there and I'll, I'll work up here. So they did. So now they're uh, deplaning and saying goodbye. And this one passenger comes up to him and he goes, Hey man, that shit was funny. So I took that little trip to Aruba. And every time you're in a new place, I like to snorkel, but lots of times it, it was the case in this hotel. The snorkeling isn't out in front of the hotel, so you either have to go on a snorkel trip, uh, and they're limiting limiting how many people are on the boat, which is understandable. And so I kind of wanted to see, I like, I like to have control. So I like if I can snorkel for as long as I want. I don't like snorkeling in a group because you have to worry about people kicking you and stuff. So maybe I'm a little picky in my snorkel preferences. <laughs> so I had read that one way down the beach, there was some good snorkeling out in front of the police station. So I walked down there and it was nice, um, pretty sand. I just walking barefoot with my uh, snorkel stuff. And it actually was nice snorkeling there, but there were people jet skiing and boats going by. And I don't really trust drunk people on a jet ski to see me when I'm snorkeling. <laughs> 
It didn't feel very safe. I had to keep popping my head up looking to make sure nobody was going to run me over. So I did a little more research and it said that there was good snorkeling the other direction. And so I had walked like 20 minutes each way to that snorkel spot. And I and this one on the map, it looked like walking. It was 30 minutes each way. So, you know, just an extra 20 minutes. So I thought, fine. So I head off the same way I did the other direction, just with my just barefoot walking up the beach. And uh, I go past the, the kite borders. I always think it's fun to watch them flipping around and stuff. It's it's impressive. And then I get to a part where it's getting real rocky and I hadn't brought any shoes. And I'm like, oh, so there's a, there was a sidewalk there. So it's funny how it's only a few feet difference, but you don't feel uncomfortable walking in a swimsuit on the beach. But now you're walking barefoot um, on the sidewalk with cars going by, and now you kind of feel a little naked. <laughs> and so and I tried to go back on the beach, and it was just really too rocky. And uh, then there was a, a wreck you could go out to, and I was like, that looks, but it was like nothing but rocks to get out there. And I'm like, I need to go home and get some shoes. I have I have water shoes, but I hadn't brought them out because I had walked the other way and it was just all sand and the water was calm. So you really didn't need them. And, uh, you know, they get all dirty and sandy and smelly. But anyway, go back and get the shoes. And let me tell you, what a difference shoes make. <laughs> now I can go over the rocks. I went over the rocks. I went and saw the, the shipwreck. I couldn't um, film it for Instagram because my GoPro broke. I'm going to have to get a new GoPro. Anyway, um, but it was exciting and I was the only one out there. And then I went even further and was feeling adventurous because this way I stopped and snorkeled at numerous spots and jumped in where there were people uh, in like a really blue water where you jumped off the rock and there were steps to come back up. And I tell you, those shoes are like freedom. And what a difference shoes make. Oh yeah, something happened on one of my flights. It was a long time ago. I was going from Orlando to Atlanta. And so we were just about ready to, to take off. I was getting ready to get on my jump seat. I sit on the jump seat and with the corner of my eyes, I see this little thing passing by. I thought it was a rat first. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and I look again and I didn't see it. And then I see this thing running. And I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> it was a little sausage dog. <laughs> So I'm like, okay now, so I'm calling the captain. I say, we have a problem. There is a dog, in, there's a loose dog, dog in the cabin. So I get on the PA and I say, ladies and gentlemen, we found a, a, a little dog. I say, I don't know who it belongs to. We need the owner, please. I say, ring the call light. Nobody ring the call oh, light. nobody ring their call light. So that I, do the, I, I make the PA again. Nobody ring the call light. So I'm holding on the poor little dog. I'm going through the old cabin. See, anybody knock? Anybody knock? Anybody knock? <laughs> And I'm like, so I get on the PA again and say, ladies and gentlemen, we have a poor dog without a owner. We're going to have to go back to the gate because the poor dog cannot come with us right. if he doesn't have an owner. So anyhow, so call the captain. We go back to the gate. Oh, you went back to the gate? Yes, we went back to the gate. They opened the door and I said, look, I said, we found this dog and nobody claiming. When we opened the door, somebody ring the call light. So somebody came on board with a dog that was not registered. Oh. It was on a regular bag. And it was scared. The poor dog was, him. Yeah, he, he chewed the, the bag. And then the, <laughs> the guy came with the bag and the big hole was the bag. And I said, sir, I think you're in trouble now. I said, it's a little bit too late. I said, bye-bye, you're going to have to stay here. You and the doggy. You and the sausage dog. <laughs> it's like a dog on the run. Dog on the run. <laughs>
Dog on the run. Dog on the run. <laughs> or it could be. Who let the dogs out? Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> so a little update. In the last episode, I was very frustrated with somebody who posted on social media and hashtagged it was a negative post saying that they really disliked what I was saying and um, and hashtag the airline that they thought I worked for. And I was very upset in that somebody would, it seemed, intentionally try to get me uh, in trouble with my airline. So I had said I wasn't so sure if I was going to continue doing the podcast. But I got so many nice emails from so many of you. And I think I got back to most of you. I don't know. There were a lot. And I wanted to thank quite a few listeners for their nice words of encouragement. And they had such wonderful things to say about the podcast. I wanted to thank Rick and Olgan and Adrian, Greg, Alistair, Gary, Kabir, Mike, Brian and Cora, Sally and Karen, and especially George, Diane and Greg. They actually even sent donations. It was so nice. It was such an outpouring of love that um, I decided for now... I'm going to keep doing the podcast. I might do a few things different if I don't have a sponsor. I might try to get a sponsor again at some point here. But if I don't have a sponsor, it might not always come out on the 7th or at the same time on the 7th if I don't have the stories. I basically don't like the deadline. Um, It's a little stressful, especially if I've been out of town. Uh, So I say like when I only have two days to get the podcast out, it's really I can't really do anything else but just sit at the computer. So if I have an extra day, um, it might not be as... It's funny. It's like a self-imposed deadline. (laughs) But for now, I'm going to keep doing the podcast. And I just want to thank you all for such nice, kind words. Thank you. I was flying with this flight attendant and uh, she flies in charge. I don't fly in charge. I have too many projects going on. Uh, I prefer to be an Indian. Uh, uh, I used to tell people I'm in the, we have a thing called the leadership program. And I'm like, I'm in the fellowship program. (laughs) I just want to be in a good mood and I just want to have fun and I don't want to have to tell people what to do or monitor people. Anyway, I just prefer to be not in charge. So this flight attendant was in charge and then we have a secondary position. So we have two people in charge on the plane. And uh, the one is a little rough. She's from the south. You know, it's like a little country. And um, but then this the flight attendant who was in charge, the purser said, yeah, but when I was dealing, you think she's a little rough, but when we were dealing with something, she wasn't being rough at all. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, well, they were both in the back alley. So they're both in charge. They're both in the back alley. And there was a gentleman who had been drinking too much. I mean, he had been drinking a lot of Jack Daniels. He was slurring. At some point, we know we had to cut people off. You can't just let people get, that's how you end up with all those problems on the news where they're duct taping people and stuff. You can't let people get too drunk. The purser is letting the other person who's in charge of the coach cabin deal with this. So the guy's like, you know, oh, you need Jack Daniels. And um, the other person in charge said, uh, um, we're not going to give you any more Jack Daniels. We're going to monitor you. And the guy goes, what the fuck does that mean? And she goes, we're going to monitor you. And he's like, what do you mean monitor me? What are, what are you talking about? And the other purser, she goes, she's cutting you off, dude. <laughs> and that he understood. 
I was flying with this flight attendant that I like a lot. She's the one that originally saw the turtle stuck to the window <laughs> that uh, brought about my little plastic suction cup turtle, Herman. Anyway, I was flying with her and I like her so much. And she wasn't with her normal. Uh, we do have some flight attendants who um, buddy bid. They fly together. And, you know, it's nice because then you always have a friend on a trip. But her friend was uh, out sick. And um, so the two of us went out uh, in Venice and had a lovely time. And uh, she said, oh, you know, her friend and she, she said, um, we used that, that excuse that you gave us all those years ago. And I was like, uh, huh? Um, she goes, you know, about the bra shopping. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> I sometimes want to do things on my own. I have an agenda. I like to um, find street performers to record music for the podcast, or I might have certain things I want to do, um, something maybe off the beaten path. And most of the crew members, and this is not a um, dig or anything, I'm not criticizing them. Lots of times they just want to eat and drink. And maybe that's just not what I have on the agenda for that layover. So I'm with um, this nice flight attendant. And I, she said, yeah, uh, years ago, you told us, she said, because lots of times they don't want to go with other people. The thing is, you get a big group. Everybody wants to do this thing. This one wants to eat here. This one wants to go there. It gets a big group. Can be great, but it can be problematic. And some people like a smaller group. So there's just the two of us. And she said, yeah, my friend and I, you told us that um, sometimes when you don't want someone to go with you, because lots of times they just say, uh, do you mind if I join you? And and I said to someone, oh, um, sure, uh, I'm going to be bra shopping. And then they were like, Oh, yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> so she said, now her and her friend are always telling people, we're going bra shopping. <laughs> She's like, it's a perfect way to ditch people without hurting their feelings. And I was like, oh, yeah, because we were in Venice. So I was thinking about Venice. And I was like, yeah, another time I had these pilots. And they were like, um, we'll just join you. You seem to know where you're going. And I said, yes, well, I'm going to every church in Venice. And they were like, okay, see you later. Last episode, I had a story about a raccoon because a neighbor uh, woke up in the middle of the night and there was a raccoon in her bathroom. So on this trip, I don't know why we got a little raccoon theme going. On <laughs> my last trip, this really pretty flight and it was, when we were up in first class and we were chatting. And I don't know how we got on the subject, but she said her brother at one point uh, was a drug addict. And, um, you know, drug addicts aren't known for being very... Um, responsible in general. But her grandmother had given him a house. It wasn't a very nice house, but he had a place to stay. But he wasn't there that often because he was always doing drugs. He was either at his girlfriend's house or some friends. He ended up sleeping on a couch. But one night he was at home in his house and he heard something in the kitchen. So he went and opened, he didn't use the kitchen that much. Uh, he went and opened the pantry cabinet and there were two raccoons in there and he's like Ugh! so <laughs> the raccoons apparently had been living in his house for a while and now considered it their house and they there was a bunch of like they had been opening cans and eating stuff and they started hurling cans at him because he's the intruder I'm thinking in the raccoon mind. And he's like, ah, ah. He's got, like, he's now being attacked by wild animals in his own house. And he's thinking, oh my God. And they're throwing things at him. I think it's so funny because, you know, they have the cute little hands. I could just see them throwing cans. 
<laughs> raccoons attack. And um, so this guy who's on drugs um, doesn't know what to do. Uh, and when he goes and gets a hammer and nails and hammers and nails the cabinet shut and thinks, problem solved. So the next day, his girlfriend, who also partakes in the drugs, calls him and said uh, she was at his house and she said, I don't know, but somehow your cats got trapped in the kitchen closet. So I let them out and I've been playing with them all day. <laughs> well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Show ya! Good night, guys. Have a great evening. It's been a pleasure being with you for you. Right here. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.